Well, joining me now in the studio, as advertised, Linda Duffin, the BBC and Sky News correspondent, turned chef. (laughs) (laughs) Linda, thanks for coming in. You've had an outstanding career in broadcasting. Let's go back to the beginning. Where did it all get started for you? At the very beginning, I was about to go off to university to read English and I applied for a holiday job on the local weekly newspaper and they said, well, we don't do holiday jobs, but we've got an apprenticeship going. So I said, OK, I'll take it. And I went home and told my parents. My mother went absolutely ballistic. Uh, My dad was quite understanding. So I started at the age of 18 on the local newspaper, of which it was said locally it held vinegar well. And and then from there I moved into... It was a sort of classic progression. From there I moved into local radio and... um, then national radio and local television, national television and so on and so forth. As you do. As you do. And um, Can I just ask briefly, obviously you want to talk about your new career, mm. but you know, of all the big stories that you covered, is there one that, one that stands out, a couple that stand out? I suppose that, yes, I mean, they're usually the ones that are nastiest, I yes, guess. Yes, of course, know, yeah. Um, the first um, foreign story I ever did was the Zeebrugge ferry disaster, which was fairly harrowing, yeah. as you can imagine. And then I spent a lot of time working in Ireland, north and south, before, during and after the peace process. Of course. uh, Which was fabulous. I mean, I love Ireland. (laughs) Not just carrying favour there, I really do. I lived in Dublin for two years. I had a a great time. Um, And, uh, yeah, and I, I covered some wars as well. Um, Chechnya was was, was a standout one for me, the first Chechen war. Yeah. That was really... um, And dangerous as well for a woman. I mean, it's more accepted now, I think. Slightly more accepted now yeah, for a woman to do but it. But don't forget I was in television and you're always with a team. Yeah. You know, you're always with a team of people. I was with a couple of burly cameramen and sound men. And, I know you them know, well. <laughs> I, you probably know them as well as I do. Uh, and, I mean, usually there were a couple of women on the team, off, you know, but uh, mostly, in fact, probably about 50-50. But you do, you're not operating in, in, in isolation, I think. It's, it's different to being a perhaps radio correspondent where you spend a lot more time on your own going off, you know, an, or a newspaper correspondent. Yeah. So, yeah, teamwork. Now, Mrs Portley's Kitchen, mm. how did that evolve? <laughs> <laughs> well, I started when I left the BBC. and I've been working in the BBC for quite a number of years in loads of different areas, in television and then radio. And I'd been working for the BBC World Service and I left to do something else and I confidently expected, because I'd been working in the business, you know, that I would go into big city PR. And then I realised every single job advertisement that I read made my soul shrink, you know. Mm. It was also also depressing. Sorry, excuse thought, Henry in the corner. I know, sorry, Henry, it's quite understandable. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just didn't want to work for any of these people. Yeah. Um, I didn't even get any further than the ads. But in the meantime, I had um, set up a blog because I had very little online presence at the time, which is ironic now since, I, you know, I'm umbilically attached to my phone and, <laughs> uh, and I'm constantly, I'm all over Posting. social media like yeah. a rash. But at the time, I, I wasn't. And um, so I started a blog and it was... Uh, I didn't want to do a blog about finance because, you know, there are much cleverer, more pointy-headed people than me doing that sort of thing. And a friend of mine said, write about what you're passionate about. And I said, well, that would be food. She said, fine, write about food. Mm. Who cares? Just do a blog. And then it just took over my life. And did you learn as you went along then? Are you kind of self-taught? 
No, I, I could already cook. Right, I've been cooking okay. all my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I'm, I think I've improved a lot because I've been cooking a lot more and I've been focusing on it and doing lots of different things. And taking because, beautiful pictures of it. Well, you know, I'm not a professional photographer, so... But, I, yeah, I do my, <laughs> do my best. And I've tried to pick up what I can from professional photographers along the way. So a lot of it is, you know, especially with social media, it's all about presentation. But when push comes to shove, food's about taste. Now, tell me about Mrs Portley's Christian name what is it oh well i i mrs portley's christian i always think of her as lobelia lobelia yes yeah, she strikes elegant. me as a lobelia she's got a touch of the uh, hyacinth bouquets about her i think you know <laughs> do people actually think that's your real name um well a lot of people call me mrs, mrs. portley and they've actually started calling my husband mr portley <laughs> That's hilarious. Slightly more understandable in my case, because since I've, since I've been doing this, I've actually <laughs> grown into the name. Uh, but he, he's, The waistband has he, expanded slightly. Oh, gosh, yes. Thank goodness for elasticated waistbands is all I'll say. Uh, my husband, of course, is more of a lean, mean fighting machine because he does all the gardening. <laughs> do you believe anybody can cook? Yes, I do. I really do. I believe anybody can follow a recipe. And... I mean, there are good recipes and bad recipes, certainly. You yeah. know, and we've all seen cookery books where you think, really, that much salt? Are you sure? Oh, and that uh, much or, butter? Oh, that, oh well, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's you know, a guilty. I'm I'm not a member of the salt police. I like salt in my yeah. food, and I think it's important in terms of mm. uh, flavour and savour yeah. and balance. Um, but and, you know, and I have to say, you know, if you read Mrs. Portley, there's a lot of butter cream fat yeah just ladle it on you <laughs> moment on the lips a lifetime on the hips who cares uh yeah but uh, <laughs> henry stop giggling at me <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i kept his mic down and a lot more men are interested in cooking these days as well i think aren't they? so yeah i think that if i look at the it's always difficult to tell but if i look at the the, the profile of people who follow me yeah on, uh on the blog and on social media it's probably about 60 40 uh, women to men. Okay. So yeah. we're going to have a quick look at the traffic and travel and come back and then you can tell us all about the new cookery school. Thank you. Still with me in the studio is Linda Duffin, the legendary broadcaster, BBC and Sky News correspondent, who's also got a frog in her throat this afternoon, like I have. Um, tell us a bit about the new cookery school. Well, I've been wanting to open it for two or three years now. I've been talking about it for three or four years, I should think. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And I've always wanted to involve local producers because one of the things I noticed when I moved to Suffolk, even before I moved to Suffolk, because we had family there and we used to go up and down when we lived in London, is is the quality of the producers, not, not just in Suffolk, but also, you know, throughout East Anglia, but obviously I tend to focus on Suffolk because I live there. Yeah. Um, the quality and the dedication and the passion uh, that goes into growing, making, rearing all the food. It's the and whole drink. farm it's to fork, isn't totally, it? Totally, yeah, yeah, farm to fork. Um, and absolutely brilliant, brilliant producers. And over the years, because I've um, moved back into print when I first moved full-time to Suffolk and I was doing a lot of writing for Suffolk magazine and sort of glossy county magazine um, and I was concentrating on producers and their lives yeah. and their stories and what they made and a lot of them became friends and they, they really helped me over the years and, and I'm very impressed by what they make so I always wanted to bring that into, into the cookery school in some way so I think what um, makes it interesting well, well it's a unique selling point if you like um, two things one 
it's the producers who are actually helping me to uh, deliver half of the courses. Some right. of them I'm doing myself, some I'm doing in partnership in with some of the producers. Right. Some of them are doing them single-handed. So we've got people like uh, Truly Traceable who um, shoot game and make game pies. So Steve's going to be coming along and dismembering a deer in my kitchen <laughs> and showing people how to butcher a deer and then we'll be cooking, cooking uh, well, um, that another game uh, and lots of other things lots of other people as well so um, I've got a uh, a seafood expert is going to be doing a shellfish course that's just gone up on the website. Um, I've got one of the best bakers in Suffolk who's going to be doing a sourdough course for me. Uh, I don't want it all to be just... I mean, it's all food-related, but it's not all necessarily food. Yeah. So I've also got um, the absolutely brilliant Lindsay Dixon, who's an Instagram um, expert and photographic stylist, who is going to be delivering a course which is all about Instagram photography and styling. That's you fantastic, know, So yeah. many people love to take pictures of their food. <laughs> don't they? Just. But it's not just people, you know, in restaurants or at home. A lot of a lot of small producers use that as their principal means Marketing. of daily advertising, yes. if you like. So yeah. it's really useful for them to know how to do it um, as well as possible. And then we've got oh, we've got pasta making, we've got gluten free baking. Um, so there's something do, for everyone, really. Yeah, pickles and jams. I'm hoping to sort of do a marmalade course in January. Well, I am doing a marmalade, marmalade and pickles, pickles and preserves course in January before we lose the Seville oranges and lots of vegetarian and cookery as well so there's you know there really is something for everyone I and think. how many people can you cater for at a time I'm keeping the, the classes really small because that that's what I was going to say the the other main unique selling point if you like is the fact that it's not held in a professional you know kitchen it's, that's been it's held if I could just built. tell people yeah. it's a beautiful 16th century farmhouse with uh, I've got kitchen envy I have to say <laughs> <laughs> it is a gorgeous kitchen I must I must yeah, I have to yes. agree. Yes, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, we've got a big rambling old house uh, with quite a big garden. So we've got a big kitchen garden with a herb garden. We've got an orchard. So in the summer, we'll be able to go and pick things in the garden and at spring and summer and through to the autumn, bring them back into the kitchen and cook with them on some of the courses. And the house is a really lovely old house. It's got massive kitchens. And so you're doing accommodation as well, aren't you? So Yes. So maximum six people on the courses because I think that's partly obviously because I am constrained by yeah. the space I have available but, it's, it's but also quite I want nice them to personal be personal attention isn't it I want I want them to be very one on one you know as much as possible and I want them to be very hands on because there are an awful lot of cookery courses you go to people sit around a table and they watch somebody make something and then they eat it and have a glass of wine yeah. and it's lovely yeah. and not knocking that sort but it of doesn't but you don't Learn. I personally learn by doing. Yeah. I learn by getting my hands dirty, getting my hands in that bowl, making the pastry or whatever it is I'm doing. And I think you remember better. You have that sort of muscle memory of having done it. And there's no substitute for feeling, feeling. the texture of what something should be like. So if you're making pasta, knowing that what that finished texture should be like before you start rolling it is really, really important. And you can only do that by making it, watching YouTube videos doesn't cut it in that respect, I and think. And don't you find that growing your own food is incredibly empowering? Well, I have to say my husband does all that. But <laughs> <laughs> he's very empowered he then. Just, he just turns up. With, no, it's, it, I do really... I mean, we have been 
totally up until the sort of late autumn, until about a month ago, less than a month ago, completely self-sufficient in terms of fruit and vegetables Yeah, uh, all the way through um, the summer. So that's really lovely. And we've still got stuff in the garden, but I'm supplementing it now. And I think that's great. You know, the, the ability to be able to buy local, use local produce wherever possible. I'm not silly about it. You know, I'm not going to, in the middle of winter, you know, am I going to say... When I've all I've got in the garden is some beetroot and and some kale or something sure. like that. I'm not yeah. going to turn my nose up at, at vegetables from outside of my area. I'm certainly not going to turn my nose up at imported citrus. But you know, it, it's nice to be able to use local people as much as possible. And in terms of the producers who are coming in to bring that expertise, years and years and years of expertise. I'm a home taught cook, and I'm a very good cook. I'm not being you know, immodest here. I'm very good at it. But I don't know everything. We'd be about surprised everything. if we can get your head out of the studio. Yeah, yeah no, sorry. <laughs> can you widen the door on the way? Henry, Henry, just get that pickaxe lad. Um yeah, but I am a good home cook. I've been doing it for a very long time and I love teaching, but I don't know everything. And but the people who are coming in to teach with me are experts in their fields. So that's really lovely to be able to bring that knowledge and communicate it to the people who will be coming to the courses. Just ask you one last um, quick question mm. before we go to where they get all the info and stuff. If you were in death row, what would be your last dinner? Oh, Lord, you asked me that. I, mean, I, I, actually, I have no idea. I think it would have to be like a roast dinner or something, would it? No, it would probably be something like... Um, a pie. A pie. <laughs> my, a pie. My husband, that would certainly be my husband's. Every time yes. I have leftovers and I say, what do you want me to make? Shall I make a risotto? Shall I make yeah. a curry? He goes, can we have a pie? <laughs> um, oh, it might be a curry, actually. Yeah. I'm very partial to curries. I'm quite partial to a curry. To be perfectly honest, I would have about 20 things. I'd just ask for everything and well, I'd work my way through them. Exactly. Because at that point, let's face it, you're not going to be worried about putting weight on, are you? No. If anybody wants more information on the courses at the cookery school or just your blog... Where do they go? The cookery school, www.mrsportleyskitchen, P-O-R-T-L-Y-S, kitchen.co.uk. And if you go there, then you can go onto the blog from there. Lovely. Linda, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.